English Machines, that nerdy conversational podcast. It's me, John Bernardo. I am back after a brief week of a few scheduling snafus, but I am back with another banger episode. I had the very fortunate pleasure of speaking to Ben Murray. Some may know him as the drummer from the melodic death metal band Light This City. Also, you may know him as the singer slash guitarist from the melodic punk rock band Heart Sounds. But on this episode, we're celebrating his big milestone of the 15-year anniversary for his record label, Creator Destructor Records. That's right. This man, one man, created this record label on his own 15 years ago and is still kicking it today. He is always looking out for the little guys, putting out the music that he loves, doing it for the love of the music. It's uh, something I've always wanted to talk about with him and never had the chance to, but thankfully uh, he gave me the opportunity to have him on the show and talk about how the label came to be, how it currently is going, and what the, the future holds for it. In usual Does Machines fashion, of course, we went off on a few tangents, talked about some other shit, and you know, just got a little personal at some times, but all along the way, it was an absolute pleasure and a blast to speak to Ben. And I hope you all check out his music. I hope you all check out his record label. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. So here is episode 31 with Ben Murray. You got that beard coming in good too. Yeah, yeah. I'm slowly giving up on life, you know. Just, Aren't we all? You know, trying to trying to maintain it mentally, but everything else is uh, out the window. Yeah, when if when people look at you, like when when someone looks at me and I have my hair fully grown, it's just like you know where I am right now. Don't <laughs> exactly. don't ask me. You don't need you know to ask how I am. Yeah, <laughs> how I am. Do you do you see this? I'm pulling. Yeah, exactly. I I, I got I got so stressed the first year of the pandemic that I was actually pulling hairs out of my beard oh yeah that's like crazy. bad well better than that and like cutting or biting your nails or something gnarly yeah 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 <laughs> just, you just get that feeling of just like yanking it out <laughs> maybe i'm the only crazy one no i have very many things like that so what uh what, what have you been keeping busy with th- this whole time just uh honestly it's like the label keeps me very busy and you know my regular job i work at Bandcamp, so um between that and the label and the the few musical things i do these days it's just like i'm mm-hmm. just slammed you know so I, I actually that's what i wanted to talk to you about so since you've you know since i've been a fan of yours uh, with like the city and heart sounds i've always wondered how the heck you've managed to put together a record label and, and keep that going all these years so that you've you've started this and this has always been you by yourself yeah yeah it's um I started it in 2006 and um you know back then like Light the City was touring and I just wanted to have a label like when we signed the prosthetic records in 2004 or 5 um I went and like interned there for a week I was still in high school so like it was part uh-huh. of the high school project but prosthetic let me come there and hang out for like a week and I saw what they were doing it just seemed really fun so I was like mm-hmm. I want to try to do this and find like smaller, good local metal bands when we tour and stuff and put out their CDs. Like I wasn't doing vinyl yet. It was back, you know, when people were still buying a lot of CDs. So um, I did like four or five releases, just all metal stuff, California bands mostly. And then um, and then I started doing vinyl. And when I started doing vinyl was around the time that Heart Sounds started, like 2009. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know from there on i just kept putting out records for some years a lot of like more punk records um while heart sounds was touring a lot and then and then it kind of shifted back to just like strictly heavy stuff like kind of how it started and um since then you know aside from wilhelm scream uh it's all been just really heavy stuff either hardcore death metal or anything like that but really it's been i've been doing the same thing the whole time i've just been like since it was in my high school bedroom up until now like Mm -hmm. it's just the same formula like i just try to find bands i like i give them the best physical product treatment i can you know like really sick looking vinyl you know oh yeah promote it as hard as i can you know do as much PR work as I can, try to network the band and get them better shows. And it's all kind of the, the thing I've always done for me. It's because it gives me a sense of community and a sense of purpose. I love helping these bands because I've been in touring mm-hmm. bands and there's something really special about finding a new band. Like any label can sign any band that's already been kind of discovered and has some heat on yeah. them. And that's, that's when it just becomes a feeding frenzy. Um, and I just, I take pride in finding a lot of these these acts when they're very unknown, you know, and getting to know the people in the bands, like on that level. And a lot of them have blown up and stuff. It's really fun just to still be a part of their lives and stuff like that. So long story short, you know, how does someone do that? I just like, I just started it slow with CDs and kept it small and kept it cheap. And then just kept, I never stopped doing it, which allowed me to grow the label. So it's just, it, to me, it was just a matter of, um, consistency not necessarily like super hyped bands or or, you know Mm -hmm. or massive sales or anything because some bands here and there did great some didn't do much as any label kind of experiences but you know it was a rough road uh, until the last few years you know or you know four years maybe till when the labels really started kind of popping off and doing stuff i'd imagine doing when i started you know so so starting off, like, how does a financial burden like that come across? I mean, you know, running all that kind of stuff can't be cheap. So how does, what's the best, how did you approach that? I, you know, being in a band, having to work multiple jobs, is something you have to get a loan for? Or like, how do you, how do you go approaching that? Yeah. I mean, well, well, when I started, I was like 16. So it's like, I was still living at home and all this, but mm-hmm. my overhead was so low. Like I was, you know, the first five releases, I made like 200 CDs each, uh, like 500 CDs. Yeah. Those are cheap. You can get that done for yeah. 700 bucks, 800 bucks. Yeah. So I just did that so that I wasn't spending thousands and thousands. I wasn't like getting myself into a hole. I was mm-hmm. putting out some CDs by a band, trying to sell a lot of those so I could make back enough. Well, running the label is tough. So like through the years, there would be times I, I knew... I mean, at first, to answer your question, it was just everything was very cheap. So it was manageable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I could gather 700 bucks for the first one and then go from there. And even at the first five or six releases, there were a few that did really good. We sold through all the CDs and all that did good digitally. Um, but, you know, as you keep going, as the stakes raise with the label or any label, like you need more investment. So there's been times mm-hmm. I've just like maxed out credit cards and had thousands of dollars credit card debt for six months and then paid it off with a, you know, in one big thing. And then yeah. you repeat that. It's just kind of the, like, I'm never sitting with, you know, a shit ton of money in my account at all. And I never keep <laughs> any money for myself. Like I reinvest invest it all into the label. So, um, you know, it's kind of the point of having a day job and just being able to have some separation between, you know, your like my passion and just, just what you do for work, you know, also in the Bay area, it's just hard. It's expensive. So you have to do a lot. 
Yeah, I, I can't believe how expensive. Like Toronto itself is is getting pretty expensive, but I, I can't imagine. I've heard the cost of living in California is absolutely astronomical. It, it is if you live in like one of the you know kind of main spots. If you live in the Bay Area or LA, it's crazy. You know, there's some there's some smaller towns that's cheaper, but I don't want to live in those spots at all. You know, <laughs> that's the thing, right? So like it's so expensive, but everyone that lives there doesn't want to leave. Exactly. Well, there's a reason. It's, I mean, it's it's too expensive. You know, it's mm-hmm. not justified, but there is a reason, you know, there's quite the scene and the city and the culture and the, you know, the weather and all this stuff here. So yeah. when it, when it comes to the label, do you provide the same kind of support that, you know, other labels would be, or is it more of a distribution type thing? It varies with every band. Like some releases are just from the ground up. Like I plan it with them before they even get into the studio and I pay for the recording and we pay for the artwork ground up and all of that. Um, and and then you know yeah i distribute for them handle all the mail order all the production you know all the promotion pr um some help with booking depending on the band um mm-hmm. but man you're one-stop shop dude <laughs> well no all personally you. like I, I work with like a, a pr company this um, oh okay, okay. Split, who helped me i don't do all these things i delegate i was some gonna of say it. but you know there, there's but in terms of who i i'm the only person running the label working for the label but mm-hmm. i'm not you know, I'm not writing the press releases. Like I have someone to do that for me and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Um, people that are much better at that stuff. So, um, but you know, but so that's like a situation It's rare these days. I, these days it's more often that like a band comes to me or I find out about a band through a friend who has like a record just done. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. It's got cover art and it's got, and I'm like, Oh, this is all set to go. And, and so in that sense, I'll like license, the record from a lot of bands and basically be like, Hey, I'll give this the vinyl treatment. I'll, uh, you know, I'll promote it. I'll do every, I'll, I'll do everything in my power. And you guys just hold on to the digital because I didn't pay for this recording. This is, these are your songs. These are, you know, it's always their songs. They always like, own the masters technically, but in yeah. terms of, you know, so it's, it's a lot of times it's like stumbling on a record and being like, cool, let me put this out on vinyl. That's kind of like the extent of it, you know, but other bands, it's like a full, project from the ground up really depends what um so when you do like i i've my only vinyl releases i i have from uh creative destructor would be just the hard sounds ones okay um and uh, those those pieces are amazing like the the work on them uh the artwork everything well how do you guys come across deciding i mean i'm assuming you're deciding the, the treatment like you were saying for most of these records so what where do your ideas come from on you know are we going to do a splatter look are we going to do a full color where do you come from on, on how you're going to think of how that vinyl design is going to look? Yeah. I mean, if it's one of my own bands, like Heart Sounds, like the band always talks about it and decides like who wants to do the art or who do we want to do the mm-hmm. cover art. But in terms of like the actual, you know, details of the physical vinyl release, like bands have always left it up to me, even the bands I play in, um, largely just to be like, come up with some sick shit. And I always just mm-hmm. try to get crazy things that match the, main colors of the art you know and something that looks mm-hmm. cool like that but for most just bands on my label i literally like i just send them the options like the color sheet for the plant i'm just like choose whatever you want like i want them to go crazy i'd right. rather not choose it because they a lot of times the bands have a, an idea i'm like oh i would have never done that and that's way cool like and it just it gives them more control and they yeah. bands nerd out on that stuff so um, I'm always happy to just be like, let's do whatever you choose, you know? So, yeah. But I'm always very sure that like, 
like I wouldn't put out an album these days if I didn't like the artwork, you know, like yeah. the cover art. If I thought it was lacking or we could do way better, that's one thing I don't compromise on anymore. I used to compromise that on that a bit in the past. And it, I just, it doesn't, didn't sit with me well, you know, over the years. Well, and you know, whether it's a, a saying or people joke about it, you know, we all do judge things by its cover. You know, you can see great album art and you go, shit, I got to check this out. You know, you can see shitty art and you're like, mm, maybe not. 100%, even yeah. And it's, it's more the latter example. That's the scarier thing. Like it's always a mm -hmm. plus if the art's so cool that it, it catches someone's attention. It's not like yeah. the old days where people are just don't know what they're looking at and they're browsing through a store. You know, it's like, it's common that you just see so many album covers every day online, like all these new bands, new records. So, but it's more just so that if it's like bad, you're going to deter people, you know, it's just like, that's just such a bummer because if the music's yeah. good and the visuals don't match, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's pointless, but it, in terms of a product, a physical mm -hmm. piece of art, it is almost pointless. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you look at it, you go, if you're un this uninspired yeah, to exactly. come up with this, how inspiring is your music going to be? Totally. Exactly. You, you've hit 15 years. That's amazing. The fact that you've done this all 15 years. Congratulations on that again. Uh, what would you say would be your favorite release that you've done in those 15 years? God, it's hard to say. You know, I like, I think, I, I think a personal favorite of mine is a release i did two releases by this band but they're a lesser known band they were there was only a period of time between 2007 and 10 that they were like or 12 that they were doing things but it's this band from boston called voyager and they're like mm -hmm. a doom metal like slightly nice. ambient but more like stonery sludge metal band it sounds like cult of luna or something like that mm -hmm. and i put out a double lp from them called hypersleep and that's just like, I, I still, it's one of my favorite heavy records of all time still. And I just think if I put it out right now, it would get crazy attention. But this was 11 years ago that I put it out. So remaster. I know, right? <laughs> no, it already sounds perfect. That's the problem. But yeah, I think that's my favorite, just purely like the album, like, like in terms mm -hmm. of like the songs, every, you know, it's also like an underdog release, I feel like just in the past, but like, there's other favorite releases for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like the Gulf GP, the burning desire to draw last breath. Like that's so special because it kind of launched this new era of the label. And I found so many bands through their scene and this scene here in the Bay area and stuff like that. So different answers for different reasons, but I had to choose one. It's that Voyager record from 2010. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. They spell um, it V Y. Yeah. V Y G R. Like they had, there was another band oh, called okay. Voyager from Australia. So they had to, take out the uh some letters you know <laughs> we'll sh we'll show them yeah, exactly. we'll show them how to do exactly. it I, I love what i see that because you can see so many bands do it nowadays where they cut the name off and go i know i know what you're doing yeah yeah or add a the or, letter you know yeah put a three instead of an e exactly yeah all those tricks so we'll win yeah uh, what's do you i mean at 15 years I'm, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of stuff done how much longer do you ideally see yourself going for or do you ever plan on kind of putting it off to somebody else so that the label lives on or what is your kind of plan for it yeah i don't have any plans of that like i i, I would never unless i had like a kid and then like mm -hmm. i wanted to do that later in life which i don't even think i would force on a kid if i had that i would never want to yeah. kind of, here take this yeah they're like thanks <laughs> i don't even give a shit about any of this but uh no um I, i'm just gonna Dad, keep, i like paw patrol yeah exactly <laughs> i'm gonna uh just keep doing the label 
what and you know as long as it's fun and i'm not losing mm-hmm. money like a lot of money because there's always time you yeah. lose it a little bit of money you make it back uh yeah but but as long as i still have the passion for it, i enjoy doing it i'll keep doing it. um as soon as the day comes i feel burnt or not engaged or connected to like the scene or helping bands mm-hmm. or like if i just feel burnt on it at some point then i'll kind of know to stop but if anything in the last five years i felt the opposite there were times because 15 years there were times in that first 10 years that i really thought about stopping because you would put out release after release and some of them wouldn't do well so you know you would have a few of those in a row and it's discouraging because you because you love the record you think the band's amazing yeah. you want to do great by the band and you know you're just picking small bands to work with and different certain styles that aren't the most commercial um, mm-hmm. especially back then so so there were times I felt like stopping, but, um, you know, I, I feel like I've had new energy for it, uh, a renewed energy in the last five years or so. So I could see myself doing it at least another 10, you know, nice. I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to feel like after that, but, but yeah, I'm having fun. I want to at least get to a hundred releases and I'm at like 80 right now. Oh, you can, you can knock that. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're I mean, that, that'll be like two or three years tops to get that done, mm-hmm. but Yeah are you currently eyeing any upcoming bands you don't like you don't have to mention any but uh you have a few on the radar there but, no not just on the radar but I, i'm i'm announcing like four new bands in the next oh wow. in the next three months so yeah what's the roster at right now how many oh geez i think it's gotta be like i haven't looked at the Bandcamp page in a while it's uh, it's definitely over like 15 bands um wow. yeah it's i'm looking right here i mean the current or like you know, because there's a lot of broken up ones. But current, I would yeah. say at least 12 or 15, yeah. That's solid, man. Yeah, and after this, it'll be, you know, at least 16 or 20 or whatever, so. Nice. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you feel, like, I mean, in all the years playing music, doing your label, how do you feel about how music has changed distribution-wise? Oh, I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's like a, a large part of me definitely – misses the days of like selling a shit ton of cds and stuff on the road where like you know the profit margins were higher and you could just sustain a little bit more as a band but the 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 potential for exposure these days is so amazing i mean to be able to stream Mm -hmm. an album right away in the first day of an album you can get a million streams you know if you're like you know kanye you know what i'm saying um but like the instant kind of you know but accessibility is phenomenal and shareability Mm -hmm that makes bands bigger than they've ever been able to get in such a short time. But the downside of that is obviously the, there's way less money to be made. Yeah. Um, and how do you live without the money? Right. Yeah. Luckily, you know, it, I mean, I can't speak for like pop acts and artists and stuff, but like in scenes, oh, like the hardcore scene of punk scenes, death metal scenes, all that stuff. Like these are kind of diehard fans and a lot of them are aware of this these days. And especially since COVID are even more supportive of like buying physical stuff or going, you know, supporting the tours and shows or buying Mm -hmm. stuff there too. So merch sales and physical sales for labels, you know, and, you know, obviously for creator instructor, like right now from label friends I've talked to, like everyone seems to be doing better than they kind of ever have. But that being said, it's like, if it was this exposure plus the old days of like, the, the 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 structure of sales and the profit mm-hmm. structure like with cds and all that stuff uh it bands would just every hardcore band would be like millionaires not millionaires exactly, but, you right. know they'd be doing great 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, not those times though. So, um, it's kind of, just, it's just a necessary evil, you know? I mean, yeah. like there's nothing to be, like the world is advancing at such a rapid rate. There's not, there's not much, you just can't stop it. You got to go with the flow and try to find the little areas where you can maximize, you know, money to be made while just the, the important thing being, you know, grow this band, you know, get more ears on this, this record. That's always my goal. Um, but yeah, you just got to deal with it. Yeah. Roll with the punches. Yeah. Yeah. And just hope that bands get bigger. So you're just selling more and more. I mean, this all sounds like a money standpoint, but you're just asking. But no, but you're, it, asking, you're right. You're asking like, from a label you, standpoint. Yeah. Or a business. Yeah. Standpoint. You need to have money to support people. It's not, yeah. it's not a, a greed or yeah. anything like you, you said it yourself. You put it all back at this label. So there's, yeah. you're doing it for the love of the music. You know, there's obviously one day it would be great to be financially uh, reliant on it, but that's not the point that you're, what you're doing, you know, and that's, that's how you know what you're doing is honest. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's just, uh, people are getting creative though, you know, between like Patreon and Twitch and like oh, yeah. merch items and different things. It's Especially like, Twitch. Yeah, exactly. Like, Especially that. Yeah. I haven't dove into any of that. It's just not of interest to me right now. And it doesn't really apply to a lot of kind of bands on the label, but, but even so it's just, people are getting smart people are getting creative and people are making livings off of their art these days their music which is cool it's just again mm -hmm. it's hard in the bay area if i if i could pay 500 bucks bucks a month in rent i could probably you know just do whatever the hell i wanted to do i don't but think you can pay that anywhere dude I, well yeah i don't know but yeah so you know yeah the the the, system, the the whole process has changed but people are getting creative and it's it's just to be fair it's always been hard to be a you know an artist like a successful band or actor or actress or you know any any of these things and so um the the but the biggest thing is just there's more bands than ever there's just a bazillion mm. bands back in 2000 there oh were a God. bazillion like you knew no, of the few but... local bands you knew everyone felt like they got kind of a grasp on most things but now with the internet mm. with um how young people are when they're starting bands which again it's a it's a beautiful thing but Oh, the oversaturation is higher than ever. And it's hard. It's harder to find that diamond in the rough now. Right. Cause you know, you, you go check out the new, the new tracks on Spotify and I'm, and I'll listen to a song. I'm like, wow, that sounds like, that sounds like nineties metal core right, right there. It's like, right. that's, it's everyone just, people are kind of afraid to, you know, move that, that needle a little bit in the different direction and just trying to step out of the box is cause what they just, what they grew up on or just what they know right on on playing that right 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 and it's also easy to instantly get a lot of streams or listens if you're just you know catering to a certain lane and trying to do something cookie cutter style but so obviously and i'm sure heart sounds is going to be on a little bit of a stoppage for a while with laura off on uh, a motherhood but uh, do you guys have any plans to kind of do more coming soon no i mean we were i was gonna say we were stopped before then like we we kind of just disbanded like a while before she had a kid um mm. before the pandemic too all of uh, you know i don't know that she knew she was going to be like a mom or anything but she knew eventually like all, all we were doing well, things, happens, different right? things with all of our life like bobby you know has a kid he lives and he works all the time lives up north and you know everyone's just busy and so and and i think you just slowly we grew out of it we just didn't want to we weren't as passionate about it any, anymore we didn't want to mm. write or perform like fast skate punk songs. Well, maybe more so like Trey and I didn't, but maybe Bobby and Laura were still into it. I don't know. It's all kind of like a blur to me, but <laughs> I, I do know that generally like between just logistics of life and 
personal mm-hmm. taste and stuff. It just seemed like a like it was winding down. But we don't have any plans. Like even, you know, I don't think it's good. We we're, we're probably won't do anything else ever unless there's an enormous demand in 20 years and Coachella wants to offer us a uh, you know, million dollars. You'll be doing it with the Kanye West hologram. And- yeah, that'd be great. I'll totally do that. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, not likely. I think that, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think what you guys did, you guys did it's an amazing thing with all the releases, especially the last one, you know, that kind of 20 minute epic depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like lay it out. It's, it's kind of like you laid it all out. you like this, this is it. This is the last one. I, I got nothing else to lay out. You just laid it all out there. So like that must have been kind of hard to just put that out there. Well, you put it perfectly. Like I, I when I wrote the music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the lyrics, I guess, but like, or a lot of lyrics. <laughs> Laura wrote some parts. I'm literally trying to have a, because uh, that was a different kind of record. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I remember after it came out and we were touring on it, we toured with Propagandi. We went to Australia by ourselves. We went to Japan. We did a bunch of tours or like short little runs and uh, just like playing the song every night and all that. I was just like, I think that's like the craziest thing we'll do. And I just had this sense of like, I don't have any more of these riffs in me. I just don't think like it was four records at that point, you know, like three full lengths. And then this 20 minute thing, which if you count it in that sense is like three quarters of a full length album or whatever. So that's three and a half records at least. And it's just for that kind of genre, it's like, a lot you know leave it as it was it, it no yeah, one had that before cast. you get repetitive or anything yeah yeah and it's just like yeah. and also like a lot of the writing the guitar writing duties fell on me and and i just i didn't feel personally connected to these songs anymore so i was just like mm-hmm. you know yeah didn't sound like the most fun and uh we also you know we got like the city back together um shortly in 2018 like kind of shortly after heart sound stopped playing and so we did a reunion record and toured on that. So all of us have a lot of uh, different, you know, um, things going on. Mm-hmm. So just felt time to do other sh- stuff. Where do you, where do you see yourself? So, you know, your two main ones, you know, obviously uh, the time is done with them. Do yeah. you have any kind of plans or ideas for yourself? I know you put out that solo record and I think I heard you say you, you just did that once and that was good. Yeah. What else are you feeling? I know you're kind of toying around with hip hop beats a bit. Yeah, no, I I make hip hop beats for fun. Um, I call that it's just this thing I call dark intentions or whatever. I just have an Instagram for it, but um, mm-hmm. I just do that purely for fun. Um, but no, I actually, you know, everyone's got different stuff going on. Like I think Trey's playing for Glacier Eater right now. Who Ryan from Light the City? That's his band. But Cam- Cameron, my friend Cameron from this band Crepuscle, he filled in for Light the mm-hmm. City in Europe in 2019 and him and i just recently like two weeks ago recorded a record for this new metal not new metal for this metal band that we recently <laughs> started oh i haven't thought of that in a while i know geez yeah it just sounds like slipknot no but um you know and and so we track seven songs and it just sounds like dissection or at the gates or like you know all the in oh, 90s swedish good stuff you know um olden flames and dark tranquility and stuff so um so that's really cool um we're gonna announce that project in like a few months maybe but so that's what i'm doing musically these days bobby's not doing anything musically i don't think i think he's just working and hanging out with his family and um laura's doing the mom thing um yeah and you know and even the rest of the like the city guys are just so busy with other stuff you know steve's got this band viral who's amazing and John Frost does wine stuff. So it naturally... A lot of guys I see going into wine. 
Yeah, well, he's he been doing that. it forever, and he's really, really smart with that stuff. I know nothing about it, but um, we were on tour in Mexico. He's like studying in the cafe next to the hotel, like his like big wine book with all like for his tests. <laughs> Just looked crazy, but um, looked very difficult. But but yeah, so <clears throat> it's been a few years since I've like you know done anything with those bands or whatever, mm-hmm. or that since those bands kind of stopped, and so this new band um, with with Cameron is going to be super sick and I'll, I'll, I'll announce details of it soon enough, but I can't right now. <laughs> That's all right. I, that sounds exciting. I, I love that. I didn't grow up in that era, but when I got into metal music, that's when I started, you know, I started with the At The Gates in Flames, like first In Flames record I heard was Horacle. Yeah. Um, At The Gates, obviously Slaughter of the Soul, right? So mm-hmm. seeing where they are now, it just, mm-hmm. I haven't heard the, I know At The Gates coming up with something soon. But like New in Flames has kind of thrown me off a bit. Oh no, it's terrible. I mean, I really dislike <laughs> it. It's not they haven't done a good record in like, you know, 12 years or something. I don't know how long it's been more. But uh no, but you know, their first five, six albums are are, are really great. Um and yeah, but it sounds like you're familiar with all that stuff. It's just kind of my favorite metal at the end of the day. I love yeah. death metal, I love thrash, just straight thrash metal, all that stuff, some black metal. A lot of stonery stuff, heavier doom stuff, but melodic death metal from that era is still just like always my favorite. I have a sweet spot. For it's it. it's so classic. Like <laughs> yeah. it's more to me, it's more classic than classic metal. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like they like the 80s and things like that. To me, I guess it's just because of when I grew up. I'm 80, I'm an 87 kid, and uh, all all that stuff. That's I used to buy the live DVDs, yeah. all the CDs, like that was the shit man dark tranquility too totally. yeah well you talking about a band doing that kind of stuff that's i'm excited to hear because bands used to kind of riff off those you know started around kill switch and then everyone was kind of doing that style and then it kind of merged into like the metal core and stuff like that right yeah so no one does that style like that anymore yeah there's very few bands i mean like even like in that metalcore wave of the early 2000s like you know a lot of bands like kill switch or you know, uh, God forbid, or Shadows Fall, you know, like mm-hmm. th- those bands really Americanized that sound, but there were a few like Darkest Hour and Black Dahlia Murder oh, and yeah. stuff that really kept true to just like the fast Swedish stuff. And th- there's obviously more bands that have done that sound in the US, but um, Light the City being one of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just... And that's why, that's how I found them. Like, that's why I fell in love with you that's guys. That's awesome. How that was, right? Like, I heard it, I'm like, this sounds like you guys are coming straight off the boat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I always just, that was my favorite when people kept it true to that, but these days mm-hmm. there's a few bands popping up. One of the bands I'm announcing on the label soon is like a straight up like melodic death metal band. And it's, yeah. it's these guys from all these like hardcore bands in California. So it's a really interesting mix, but it's just, it's, it's just straight up. It sounds like terminal spirit disease or something. It's, it's awesome. So I'm excited about that record announcing that one have you um have you ever heard and i don't think they ever put something else out but um uh, i forgot his name singer of all at the gates put out a band the sphere oh yeah i love this Sphere. yeah that was intense man i remember i saw them play like a small little dingy club 100 people maybe oh yeah like that break i i don't know if they coined the term but i heard it and i that's what i consider them and someone called it like crust metal yeah or something like that yeah well it's just like they're just true like db metal you know that band was awesome i don't think tomas sings for them tomas, anymore. i thought i was gonna say anders but that's that's in flames yeah well also anders is the guitar player of uh at the gate so it's just all these swedish names 
but uh <laughs> yeah but um no that that was sick for sure um but yeah at the gates recently put out a record i only heard a few songs i didn't actually check it out in full but it sounded cool it sounded like more proggy and stuff oh yeah i feel i feel like after slaughter of the soul they you know they did they did come back later and it was it's hard. It's like, how do you how do you top that? I know. You know how I, do you top that album? <laughs> I really loved that War with Reality, their comeback record. I really loved it. And then I, I feel like after that, that was so good. And the comeback tours were so good. It's like I, I'm never gonna fault the band for like wanting to keep writing record. Oh, obviously but not, right? It's, it's definitely it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it won't have that slaughter of the soul kind of charm. Obviously, the guys are just much older, and now they've lost members that were in that lineup, and so it's just like whatever, I guess. <laughs> well i don't want to take too much more of your time i want to just ask you so aside from music everything else that we've talked about today what what else kind of nerds you out what kind of what do you geek out on besides metal uh i mean the biggest one is hip-hop i mean mm. they, but if we're not talking music there's a few other things but by far like i listen to way more hip-hop than i do metal like any day like i'm mm-hmm. um it's almost probably like 90 to 10 percent so um i really just go deep on that stuff i like nerding out on it going on youtube spirals and you know google spirals and stuff just hip-hop stats and history and all the new records that are dropping just kind of you know there's like a lot more to nerd out on that with with hip-hop because it's so much more collaborative versus Mm -hmm. like metal metal is just like here's a new record by this band and you're like cool let me check that out but um besides that uh I really love comedy and listening to podcasts and I love movies and, you know, shows and mostly darker stuff, you know, all the true crime stuff and horror stuff. And so, but it's all mostly entertainment, you know, it's all mostly just frying my brain with like, just want to be entertained visual. I I just want to escape my thoughts, you know? (laughs) So uh, just stimulus, but no, I don't know. I, I love my dog. My dog, I take my dog for walks and, you know, I just, I'm trying to like, get better at relaxing these days but i really love traveling just going to shows and you know trying to feel alive you know having a good laugh you've done your fair share of traveling <laughs> yeah 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 less so these days but uh, i still love it yeah. i'm anxious to do more you know once this situation's fully kind of cleared up although i'll be at um at fest with the wilhelm scream i'll do, be, be doing merch for them oh nice and on those hot water music shows i'll be with them um so that'll be fun. That's my next trip. <laughs> so do you think this up- upcoming uh, stuff you have, um, the new band that you're working on, do you think that's going to be the next time you're going to hit on the road? Like that's the next project you'll hit the road with? If it's me playing in the band, probably. I mean, I don't, I, it, it's so far off thinking about that band hitting the road or anything. Even just playing a show would be a feat. It would be cool. But because right now we're just focusing on the record and stuff, but, uh, mm-hmm. and we haven't even launched the band or told anyone about it. So but maybe someday, yeah. Or maybe I'll end up filling in for someone, some band, you know, playing drums for less commitment that way. Just play a few oh, riffs. Play I would few... much prefer that than it just being my band because I'm over it. Of course. Those days were like stressful. So I would love to just be a hired arm. goon. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. But. That's the dream, right? It's just like you guys do all the, you know, commitment and all the stress. Just tell me what to learn. I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah. Either that or even like, even if it was my band, just if if I was just the guitar player in any band or bass player, mm-hmm. I'd be so stoked. But every band I've been in, I've been the drummer or the guitar player singer. And both those jobs are like hard. 
they're just like tough yeah and so it's just, yeah, yeah i would love to be able to just like be on stage for a show and just play guitar like i filled in for um no trigger at fest in 2012 and i learned their set like a week before it and i filled in and when i was playing with them at fest i was like god this is so fun and easy just to be able to like play guitar just like waltz mm -hmm. around stage you don't have to sing you're not drumming so it's not like super physical you know so i was like this is the best i'm so envious of just guitar players so, <laughs> um so yeah, even that would be nice but we'll see i would love to play a show again yeah. but for now i'm just happy to party and tag along and help you know anyway you can just get yourself back in the scene yeah just see people get out there you know it must feel good it does it will you know i'm so <laughs> yeah i haven't honestly i haven't been on a show in like a good five years five like wow yeah damn it's been actually i think the last show was when you guys came to toronto oh no shit heart sounds i think maybe that was more than five fuck dude i don't even remember wow. <laughs> it's been that long life's just changed and like you, you get to the point where i'm just like i just feel old sometimes where i don't want to get up or get out i feel you i feel yeah. you yeah 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 well you gotta, i'll get there though you gotta fight past it you gotta re, you know you gotta reclaim that young spirit well, now where I am now, I'm in a, I'm in a city uh, an hour north of Toronto, so there's even less stuff going on up here. Oh wow, yeah. So, you know, I have a few friends. Are like, yeah, exactly. And my friends are like, oh, you know, this band's playing. You know, in December, you want to come by? I'm like, it gets really snowy up here in December. <laughs> I got to make the trek down. I don't know, man. That's downtown Toronto. That's far. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Well, hey, I support it either way. As long as you're not hurting anyone, you're enjoying your life. Go to show. Don't go to shows. It doesn't matter. I want to go. You know what I mean? Like I, I seen people going now in the middle of a pandemic. Mind you, like, I don't know how we're having these festivals, but I know. Well, I was at a show. I just saw black Dahlia murder. Like last Friday there was, yeah. Sold out show 1500 people or something. That's I crazy. Mean, to me. They require masks and vaccinations. So yeah. It felt, okay. That's good. It felt as safe as it could be, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, California, the rates are really low, not really low, but we're doing well right now. Like they're on the decline. Mm -hmm. So, I think people are semi-comfortable, but I know a lot of people that are still just like, I'm waiting it out. I'm not going to any show yet. I, I see the people going back to shows and I, and now is when my drive is coming back. Like now I want to go. Right. You know, right. You know, my kid just turned four. So like now is just the perfect age where, you know, you don't need to kind of call her so much. She can do her own thing and I could feel okay to kind of go out. Right. Yeah. And seeing, you know, you and other people do at shows and seeing these crowds, I'm like, now I'm getting that energy back. I want to go throw down now. Sure. Well, I didn't know you had a four-year-old. That does explain a lot of not going to shows the past five years. So that I could only imagine because I feel weird leaving my dog for four hours. So I could only imagine, um, you know, a human child. So uh, that's awesome though. But yeah, you know, or maybe you'll wait another, you know, 12 years until they're 16 and then you could go take them to see, you know, Ozzy or something because he'll probably still be alive by then. <laughs> he'll be out in like robotics, you know, yeah. Iron Man yeah. kind of literally Iron Man who yeah. just coming out like or it'll just be like a relative like in an Aussie skin suit or something, you know. And he just that's messed up. They'll they'll tell people he's alive, but he's not alive. I don't know. They'll keep that franchise going for a while. I'll tell you that. They're gonna weaken at Bernie his ass. I'm telling exactly, you. exactly. You'll see that. Just like this. Yeah. Not like he moves <laughs> enough as it is. Yeah. But uh but no, I support it. You should go back to the show at, at least when the when things are totally calmed down with the pandemic. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Maybe not in winter, but definitely you know when the right has to be the right band to kind of just bring me back out of retirement. Yeah, you don't need to go veering off the road on 
you know, black ice or whatever for no one. Exactly. You know, it's gotta be someone really good. All right, man. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been an absolute blast talking to you. Yeah, cheers, and, man. Uh, My pleasure. Best of luck. Uh, you know, here's to another 15, 20, 30 years at Creative Structor. And, you know, all success with you. Honestly, man, longtime fan. And I'm honored to have this chat with you. And I wish you nothing but the best. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you again. All right, man. Have a great day. Peace. Take care.